All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator and founder of not only just a live TV, but also the Women's Supporting Women Can Network. Today we're going to be talking about being rejected based on your spiritual beliefs. I've had experiences with this. My guest speakers have had experiences with this. And I'm super excited to bring it to you. Today's episode has been sponsored by Explore Yoga Health. Join their monthly one on only one body preventative wellness escape, um, monthly inspiration to live a better life. So go and check that out. Link in the description of this video. If you would like to get a hold of either myself or my guest speaker today, you can do so. Our links are in the description of this video. Um, or episode, wherever or however you are watching. Like, follow, and share the show. Get involved. Leave us a comment if you have any questions. If you want to get involved in the discussion, you're more than welcome to. We are streaming live. And join our newsletter at justlivetv.com. So again, I'm going to hand it over to my guest speaker today to introduce them, themselves. Shivani, would you like to do the honors? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on, Melissa. It's a joy and I'm excited to talk to you about our topic because like you said, we have a lot of similarities um, where we get to enjoy that. Um, so a little bit about me, I am a 43 year old college student, um, wasn't interested in education until I found the path of my dream. I'm learning how uh, more about Ayurveda, which is the natural wellness that is the sister science to yoga. I'm also a yoga instructor and a meditation instructor. Very nice. So let me ask you a question. No, I'm not going to do that. I was going to put you on the spot there. And then I'm like, no, I hate being put on the spot. So I'm not going to put you on the spot. I have very um, singular thoughts on meditation when it comes to med meditation teachers. I went to a meditation class and I was taught it one way. And um, I didn't agree with it. I absolutely didn't agree with the way it was taught. I don't think it's to clear your mind, but necessarily to clear your emotions. Um, but that isn't what we're talking about today. So I could go into that, but I'm not going to because I've shared it on the show many times, my opinions of meditation. Um, the only thing I teach about meditation that other people don't always remember to teach is that there are things that can scare people when they're not aware of what can happen. And that would be shaking um, out-of-body experiences, um, rocking back and forth, just things that you may not notice are part of meditation that can happen and you are always in control. That's one thing I like to mention when people say meditation. I'm just like, I have to throw it out there. Not a lot of, you'd think more people would be talking about that, right? When they talk about anything is to, to give awareness. So that's kind of what we're talking about today is, you know, being rejected based on your spiritual beliefs, right? There's a lot of things that people don't talk to you about when you're, you're getting into the spiritual community, right? So the spiritual community is very open, very honest, very accepting. Um, when you're at a spiritual level, it's, it's a little bit different than where you were at before. You're a lot more, again, accepting and understanding and just a higher awareness but, <laughs> but there is a lot of ridicule and rejection as well. And I don't find that a spiritual aspect. I find that more of a, you know, insecurity in other people. So I'm going to start off with my story. When I first, when I first truly accepted and acknowledged, and I guess started to express the fact that I was a psychic intuitive medium, a healer and an empath, um, I remember having a conversation with, at the time, my brother's uh, ex-wife, and she's like, what, so you're spiritual now, or you're a psychic now? And I'm just like, um, first of all, I always have been. Second of all, you know, it, it's hard to acknowledge it. it. It's really hard to acknowledge it when you come from a background that doesn't understand it, or, you know, you've known people, especially when you're older, I didn't come out as spiritual until I was in my thirties, early thirties. And so people who've known me for five, 10, 15, 30 years were like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's fearful. Absolutely. That's fearful. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I absolutely agree. I think that that was uh, something very similar that happened to me. It was, um, 
well, I think as a child, I was very spiritual, but because of some trauma in my life, I turned away from it. Um, I was raised in a religion where suicide meant that that person isn't going to go to heaven. And that happened to me. My sister ended up ending her life. I got really angry with religion and turned away from it and became very materialistic for um, a lot of my young, you know, 20s. Um, and about 25, all of a sudden, there was just this ache inside of me. There was a part of me that was not being nurtured and nourished. And I needed to, to explore that and figure out what that was. And I went down all sorts of different avenues um, that were things that were just privately done. Nobody needed to know about it type of stuff. Everything was comfortable in the world around me. But then um, it was the particular meditation practice that I use that was helping me to finally get in touch with that. And I needed to explore more of what that was because it was opening up experiences that others around me in particular had no connection to. They just, they just weren't having those experiences. So trying to talk to them, they were really, really confused. And I was new to what it was that I was doing. So I didn't have a way in which to lead them and help to help it make sense to them or in a way that, that, that it could really resonate with them. And so then that ended up, you know, kind of putting us in this place. Well, it definitely put me in this place that I needed to go forward. I couldn't explain to others what I hadn't really yet figured out for myself. You know, I just needed to do that. And as I did it, um, it was kind of like, one of the things that I think about is like, you know, if you've been smoking in a group, everybody's smoking. And then all of a sudden you just, whatever reason, you decide you're not going to smoke anymore. And then whenever you go around them, you start falling back into bad habits, maybe smoking when you wouldn't do that normally. And that's what I began to notice that a lot of the stressful behaviors that were undermining my growth, my progression was taking place because I kept trying to maintain relationships that weren't headed in the same direction that I was. Yep. That happens quite often. I know that. And, and that's another part of fearing your spirituality, right? Is again, just the fear of other people, the fear of, you know, when I, when I come out or when I truly embrace, you know, what I believe I am, how are other people going to react? How are my relationships going to survive? A lot of relationships, it, it can go either way, right? If you already have friends that are very supportive, that are very non-judgmental, that will love and support you no matter what path you go down, then you telling them not, might not necessarily impact the relationship as negatively as you think it may. But then there's others where I grew up in a, in a religious household as well. And while it was okay, and, and this is what gets me, this is the funny part. While it was okay for my re religious family to vocalize that they would see ghosts and that they would have experiences of hauntings or poltergeists or whatever you want to call it, um, it was okay for them to say that they had experienced those things. But as soon as you open up and say I'm a psychic or I'm a medium, then it was like, no. Once you put that label on it, right? Now, for anybody watching, if you, if you don't know, a medium is really just somebody who communicates with spirits. That's all it is, is somebody who communicates in various different ways, usually using the clairs it somebody who communicates with spirits that's literally all it is it's not somebody who gets possessed it's not somebody who you know it, there's a lot of fearful things in in hollywood and social media that we find on you know ghosts and spirits and it's not that <laughs> it's really not that um but at the same time yeah that when you say that when you put that label on yourself or on somebody else that's when the uh oh comes into play that's when the, I don't know but if you say oh yeah I was the other day it was the strangest experience I saw a ghost I swear I saw a ghost and they'd be like really mm -hmm. and it would be interesting at that point and so that's why for me it was always comical when I whenever I told somebody I was a medium I'd be like okay but have you ever seen a spirit and they're like yeah I think so and I'm like then you're a medium <laughs> It's like, no, um, but again, it, it's it, society. I think it's just the way we're taught to react to words. 
Um, we did an episode the other day on the power of words and the power of the word medium and the word psychic and the word healer, right, are usually put into a negative context. As well as, um, like, for me, it would be, um, so that what you're talking about is like relationships on subtle levels with other types of um, individuals expressing back and forth. But for me, the part that, that a lot of people couldn't touch is that I was having a relationship with a bigger part of myself. And in my religion, only Jesus can do that. Nobody else, regardless of whether it says that that's what he was teaching, that nobody else can touch the big part of who they are. So it goes back to that same thing that you're talking about. It's totally fine for you to pray to God, for you to have some sort of, um, one-sided thing but if you're beginning to have this internal relationship where you know your subtle senses again what you're talking about your subtle senses you're just more aware because you're not less consumed with the particular thought streams that bog down a lot of people what am I going to eat today what am I you know what any of these different things and that the same thing happens through you know your internal relationship with your inner intelligence, as you begin to connect with that, you're going to, you're having experiences of absolute knowing. And some of that knowing is going to take you in di directions that everybody else is totally afraid of. They're terrified because, well, a lot of times because we're taught to be afraid of certain things, you know, certain words are faux pas. You can't go there, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. I, so I did grow up in a religious household. I went to Sunday school. I went to church every Sunday. Sorry, <laughs> my cat apparently wants my attention. Um, so I went to all these places and so I'm just gonna pick her up so she stubs me out again. Um, so I went to all of these places and while I was having these conversations, I always felt just awkward. You know, being in a church, going to Sunday school or religious studies or whatever it was, I always felt awkward. I personally don't believe in God. And that doesn't mean that I say anybody else is wrong for believing in God. Absolutely not. Whatever your beliefs are, are your beliefs. I am not anyone to tell you that they're wrong because they're not wrong for you. They're wrong for me. And so when people talk about different religions I like to pick and choose different religions and I think that when you're going into a religion um the rules and regulations of a religion that's that's kind of what I find um are about that or a culture right I like to look at different cultures and take bits and pieces right and and use them for my benefit because I do respect other cultures I do respect other religions I just choose not to follow their rules and regulations right and that for me is being spiritual it's all-encompassing right it's acknowledging and accepting that everybody has different beliefs and different followings but not all of it works for me so the indigenous community right when it comes to smudging I love to do that. I think that it is such a beautiful practice. Um, sweat lodges, again, indigenous culture. Unfortunately, I can't do that anymore because I'm allergic to the heat, but, <laughs> but it is an amazing practice. Um, multiple other cultures that have amazing practices, right? Um, you look at the pagan culture or the pagan um, belief systems where you've got you know, the wheel of the year right? Samhain and, and all of even Yule, which is what Christmas is kind of based off of, in my opinion. But it's all different. And that's okay. But again, when it comes to my beliefs, right, and my spiritual, my spiritual beliefs, right, I'm ridiculed and rejected based on my spiritual beliefs. But just because I don't believe in yours, I don't ridicule or reject you. And I think that's where spirituality is a higher awareness it's an, a higher understanding that we're all interconnected we're all human beings we all have belief systems we all have differences and uniqueness but we all have that inner knowing that inner connection now if people want to call that jesus then absolutely then that's your connection but i know how to connect in that in a different way that allows me to love and accept everybody for who they are and that's work that I've done in myself, which is what you've talked about, right? Is being able to do that internal work that not everybody kind of understands. One of the things that you touched on there is so cool because that's like, um, 
I have this attraction more to the Vedic tradition. So, you know, that's why I'm into yoga and all of these different things. And um, what they would say is thousands of years ago, the Vedic tradition was never a religion. And the reason it can claim that is because everybody was accepted to express their relationship with the divine with something beyond the physical in whatever way they wanted to. And everybody allowed for that. There was all this space that allowed for it. And somehow, you know, we, as a culture, definitely here in the West, we've moved away from that. Like it has to be like this. It has like, like you're talking about all the rules and the dogmas. And if you don't play out like this, then you don't fit in a group and you're not going to make it to heaven and you're not, whatever it is, all of the, the fear and the dogma to get you to behave in a certain way. And I agree with you. That's completely against what spirituality is because spirituality is about connecting on a deep level with what you are here uniquely, one of 7 billion people uniquely to express to the rest of us. And if we were in a place where we could accept your definitions, the way you put things on it so that we can look beyond all of those particular surface things to the one thing that actually is connecting, that is binding all of us together, you know, the, uh, the screen behind the movie, if you would, we could flip off that light and see, yep, we're all looking at the same screen. We just see something different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's like my cat. So using my cat as an example, because I can guarantee everybody's at least once looked at my cat by now. Um, <laughs> my cat's sitting here and to everybody else, that's my cat, right? But this cat out of all the cats and I have five, <laughs> This cat in my house, it, I have never been more connected to a cat than I am to this cat. If I'm sad, she's there. If I'm having a hard day, she's there. If, you know, I'm overwhelmed or need a distraction, she's there. It, she, it, it's an energetic connection that I don't have, you know, as strongly with other cats, right? Now, I'm not saying she's my familiar or anything along those lines. She probably could be. She's kind of a bitch, but... Um, <laughs> At the same time, um, you know, people see things for what they want to see it as, right? They, people can see that as my cat. They can see it as my baby. They can see it as, you know, whatever they want to see in that, in that purpose, in that moment. And you're right. Spirituality is a, is a whole nother level, right? It's a whole nother consciousness of energy, of awareness, of beliefs, of, you know, feelings and empathy and going towards and saying, okay, how do you feel? You know, and I think that 99% of the time when we're being ridiculed or rejected based on our spiritual beliefs, it comes down to not our beliefs, but the other people's beliefs. Now, one of the things I want to mention is why people fight over beliefs and why people will reject you based on your beliefs. So number one thing is it's taught. Most beliefs and especially most negative beliefs. Now, if somebody doesn't like you because you believe something different than they do, that's a top behavior. It's not a top belief. It's a top behavior, right? And religion, um, Hollywood, social media, perpetrates that spirituality is a negative thing that were you know influencers who just want people's money now there have absolutely been psychics intuitives and mediums who aren't actually using any gifts and swindling people out of money there absolutely is i've seen it time and time again but there are also people who are genuinely connecting genuinely wanting to um, help others in their own unique way and get paid for doing it because that's their prerogative, right? Um, a bank gets paid to take care of your money. <laughs> it's not, it's not a free service, right? Um, and nothing truly is free, whether it's an energetic exchange or anything along those lines. So it is a taught behavior to reject and ridicule when spirituality becomes uh, a topic. Another one is if you're talking to somebody and they feel the need there's there's two things when somebody fights you i'm going to use my daughter as an example i've used this before and it's the perfect example is my daughter came home she was super super mad at one of her classmates and i said okay tell me what's going on why are you mad and she goes well 
he told me that um, pol the police don't save people. And I'm like, they, that he does, that they don't save lives. And I said, okay. I said, and why does that make you angry, right? She goes, well, I, I think that they, do, that they do. And he thinks it's only paramedics. And I, so I sat down and I said, listen, I said, you're both actually right. I said, neither one of you are wrong. And I posted the other day, the picture of the six and the nine. One person standing on one side of the number, the other person standing on the other side, depending on the way you're looking at it, for this person, it's a six. For this person, that's a nine. Because they're looking at it from two different viewpoints, right? So while the, the young man is right, police don't medically save people as often as paramedics do. But they do save lives in a sense of protection, in a sense of service, and in a sense of, you know, it, some medical intervention, depending on the situation. So he is right but so is my daughter. And I said, the reason you're so mad is because one, he's questioning your belief. His belief and the way he's worded it has questioned your own and that has triggered anger in you because your belief is being questioned. When our beliefs are questions, we internalize that and it, it makes us feel as though we are being questioned. So if somebody is ridiculing and rejecting you, we're getting angry at you based on your belief systems. It's because you're making them question themselves. The second part of that is when you fight over that difference of opinion. And I love to highlight different, different opinions on the show because I can have a conversation with you and we can totally disagree on something and there's no argument. It's only a discussion. Here's my version, here's your version. Both are right, we leave it at that. But what ends up happening, especially for kids, for adults, for the population in general, what ends up happening is when our beliefs are questioned, we're questioned, which means we have to fight to change your mind to validate ourselves. And that's where the fight comes in, right? That's why we're ridiculed and rejected instead of saying, hey, you know, that's great for you, I, I, no disagreement on my end. That's perfect for you, but I feel differently and I'm going to hold on to my feeling, but that doesn't make you wrong. I'm holding on to mine. Mm -hmm. And we don't do that as a society nearly enough. Yeah, I absolutely agree because I think that that's um, been the case in my life. Like when, when the certain relationships that couldn't handle what was, what I was doing and the choices that I made, they fell by the wayside. And then um, as those uh, relationships wanted to come back into my life, the ones that really wanted to have the relationship to me, they understood that they were gonna have to like learn who I am, not project onto me who I should be or what I would do. I mean, that's why I made some of the choices that I did that were bold, that just stepped away. Like, look, if you can't open your heart or your mind to me, not become me, not do what I do, but just, to what it is and how it is I'm experiencing my life, then we don't really have a relationship. You know, there's really nothing there that needs nourishment, that needs to, you know, the, the water and the sunlight. It just needs to, you know, like you said, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. And right now we don't need to fight about those things. You know, each person is right to experience their life the way that they want to, and they're going to touch the people in their life the way that they need to. But if two people are constantly at odds, then trying to come up with something when you don't want to set down whatever it is inside of you to open to something more, you know, like that the way that I experience the world is not the totality of it. I can't. My, I mean, all great people talk about that. Your nervous system is only capable of taking in so much information and there's so much more out there floating around that you can't even touch. So allowing that space where somebody can do those sort of things. And that took me, you know, that was a hard one for me to do. Like first I got to step into my own, my own acceptance of how it is I need to express my life and what it, what it is I need to do. But then to also allow for those that um, like the relationships that were lost, that they're not really lost. The love that the unconditional love that was there that brought them into my life at a different time, it's still there. It's just that we're doing different things. And necessarily, 
You know, we have to be in different locations because the thoughts that I'm thinking are taking me somewhere and the, the somebody else has completely different thoughts. You know, like back to that smoking of cigarettes. If somebody wants to continue to do that, then they do that, you know, and they're going to be going into the smoker's lounge or whatever. And somebody who doesn't is probably not going to want to hang out and get all that all over them. It's just, you know, it's not really um, that personal, I guess. But having to walk through that when you've been trained, like you said, you've been trained your entire life to like set down who you are and you should fit into into the group mentality and play along. So to set down that and make a different choice to first allow yourself to be loved and ex- um, accepted as you are by yourself. And then it's so much easier to do it to other people and give that permission to other people, because I don't want to have somebody telling me that I need to be a certain way. I don't, I don't. And so I'm not going to do that with anybody else in my life, you know? So Bridget Gail Young says, hello. Hello, Bridget. <laughs> hello, Bridget. Um, so I said this the other day and I thought it was really cool is my aunt, um, well, at least one of my aunts, uh, my mother-in-law, um, my best friend since I was five, um, a bunch of her friends, and then a bunch of friends that we've met along the way are nurses. I am so squeamish. You can't tell me about, you can't tell me about half the stuff that you do. If it's anything medical, I don't want to hear about it. I, my body will literally shut down. I will go into shock. It is gross. Um, I could never be a nurse, but I don't sit there and go, okay, I can't hear anything about your job. You can tell me about your job. If it starts to get too detailed, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm like, la, 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 I can't hear that. No, can't do it. But I'm not going to reject you because you do something that I could never do, right? Like I couldn't do that job. Um, I have friends that are teachers. I couldn't be a teacher. I don't have the patience to be a teacher. But that doesn't mean I'm going to ridicule or reject you because you're, you have different goals than I do, right? And I think that being spiritual Um, whatever that looks like, I always say we have the seven mindset pillars and they are the seven most important aspects of our life. And that is our self, our romantic relationships, our spirituality, our friends, our family, our career, and our finances. Those are the seven most important aspects of every person's life. And when I say spirituality, you could be an atheist you could be Catholic, you can be Christian, you can be whatever it is that you are in that spiritual tab, as long as it's your own, as long as it works for you. I don't care what your spiritual beliefs are. I don't care what your relationship goals are. I'm sorry, and I'm going to spit this out loud. How many fetishes do people have? Like there are so many fetishes out in the world, and we're not just talking inappropriate ones. There are so many fetishes in the world And would we reject somebody for that? We do, and we have, right? But why is it that we reject people based on spirituality? We reject people based on um, their religion. I guess that would go hand in hand with spirituality, right? We reject people based on their identity, right? What they identify as, um, their sexual orientation, their skin tone, there, whatever that looks like. And it, it's ridiculous that we spend so much of our lives focusing on what other people choose to do and what other people believe in, right? Now, there's a lot of fear when it comes to opening up spiritual. There is a lot of fear. What happens if my relationships change? What happens if my life changes? What happens? One of the biggest things that I see or I hear from my own clients when they're awakening spiritually, because I am a spiritual teacher and I help people awaken to their gifts and abilities. But one of the biggest fears that I've come into contact with, with people who are opening up is the fear of what they're going to see is of what they're going to find out is of how their relationships are going to change. Now, I don't believe in evil spirits. I don't believe that spirits are going to come to you and start showing you gory details of how they pass. That's that we have boundaries. We don't cross like that's not going to happen unless you want it to. And then you're just, that's your prerogative, but it doesn't happen unless you want it to. 
um, I was always terrified. I was attacked by a negative entity when I was 12. It was horrifying. I couldn't sleep for a week. And I came into contact with one um, about two years after I awoke spiritually and finally started to acknowledge and accept my gifts. And it took me an hour to realize it, accept it, deal with it, and get rid of it. And it was one of the most empowering experiences I've ever had. Yeah, that's, I, I'm kind of, hmm, don't have tons to say it about it, but I, I think what you're speaking of is, is as we are expect, accepting ourselves the way that it is, I guess I do have something I want to say about that is, is that when you were talking, you were bringing forward something that like the fear of who I am, but that is also conditioned into us because we are, we were something like as little babies, we came out, we we're so innocent and we were just whatever we were and we were loved for that. But then as we began to interpret our world around us um, and also learn to manipulate our world around us to get it, to get what it is that we need, you know, to have this back and forth type of relationship. There were so many aspects of who we are that we were told it's not okay. That's not okay. So a lot of children see things that don't exist in the adult mind. They're there. They can't see it. So then they're told that it's fantasy, that it's pretend, it's made up. You have a um, pretend friend. And yeah, so then these things that we're afraid of, we're afraid because we were told that they're, we're, we can't have those. That's not real, you know? And then as we're uh, shoving down more of these parts, these shadow aspects of who we are, then those all get trapped inside of us. And that's what is, you know, the source of so much stress and dissatisfaction in our lives. So whatever the spirituality that you used to awaken and reclaim those parts of yourselves and to see them and to love them, to bring them to the light, love them just like, like we're talking about with other people, you know, the, the more whole you're going to be and the easier it is going to be to give that permission to other people. Like you said, that's what you've done. And then it was so much easier to do that and give it to other people, give the space to the other people to just be whatever. I remember um, when my oldest, he's now 20, um, when he was two, about two, um, he was about 14 months old. Uh, my mom at that time was in a relationship with a man who I called my father. I absolutely adored this man. And he was there throughout my pregnancy. He when I went into labor, he drove past that hospital 15 times that day, just waiting, um, waiting until, you know, it would happen and, and was super excited. Um, we called him Gramps, like he was just there for, for my son. And when my son was about 14 months old, um, he passed away and uh, very suddenly had a massive heart attack and passed away very peacefully but um, still very sudden and, and heartbreaking and when my son from that day forward I would dream of him and this was before I acknowledged that I was actually um, spiritual in any way don't get me wrong I was a I'm in my thirties I loved the craft movie <laughs> and I would pretend I was a witch all the time um but he would see things. And I remember we had this, like you would walk into the doorway and there was walls on either side of the doorway. And then you had a, a bedroom or dining room, whatever you chose to make it on this side. And then on this side was like open living room. And there's nothing in that little cubby, like nothing at all. So he's in that little cubby and he's coming out of that cubby and he's walking straight from the door and then goes around something and he's laughing and jumping up and down the entire time. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is it. Right. And we are conditioned to think, to, to not notice our, whether or not you were born gifted, we are absolutely and otherly born gifted. And there are five spiritual gifts and abilities. There are empaths who pick up the emotions of other people as if they were their own. There are psychics who see things or not see things in the, in the way that I mean see things, 
but no past and present, past, present, and future. They know things that nobody else should know or would know. Um, you have um, intuitives. We're all intuitive. That's your sixth sense. That's your connection to your higher self. Um, there are mediums. So empath, psychic, intuitive, medium. Uh, a medium is somebody who converses with spirits, right? Sees, hears, and they use the clairs to do that. And the clairs are our senses. Um, and then there's healers. And healers are so many different people and so many different ways to heal. There are unlimited ways to be a healer. But all of these we're born with. We're born with these gifts. Now, not everybody is born as a medium. Not everybody is born as a psychic. Those are gifts that we're born with and that we hone as we get older. And now I don't think he would even know, like my, he struggles with anxiety. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he is gifted and just really doesn't acknowledge it or know it. Um, a lot of panic and anxiety in, in individuals are, can be caused by their spiritual gifts and abilities not being acknowledged because <laughs> it's energetic. You can't run away from it. Um, but we are conditioned not to believe. I, I remember walking to school. I was probably about six or seven and I would walk to school by myself and I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. <laughs> it's not the safest place in the world, but again, I would walk to school and back and every day I would walk to school and there would be a Pegasus flying in the clouds above me and I would talk to it and I would converse with it. And I know it sounds crazy now as an adult, but I didn't connect back to that until a few, probably about three years ago. I didn't connect back to that experience. And I'm actually getting that tattooed on my shoulder. Um, because it was my guardian, right? It was my safety, my guardian at that point. And kids don't realize that they are that connected. Look how many adults nowadays who are trying to awaken spiritually, who are, you know, our spirituality never truly goes away. We ignore it, so it's minimal, but it never goes away. Spirituality, especially gifts of, of being, your, you know, your spiritual gifts and abilities, those don't go away. You can mute them, but they don't go away. Um, and some, some of the time they will, you know, you'll see things out of the corner of your eye or you'll hear something or you'll feel something. And those little signs that spirit, your loved ones are trying to say, hey, I'm here hey, pay attention to me, those get more and more progressive <laughs> as we get older. And the more you ignore it, the more aggressive it becomes, not in a bad way, not in a painful or, or anything along those lines, but until they start having a temper tantrum. Um, I shared a, a quote the other day, I'm just grabbing it because it's so perfect for what we're talking about today, is, where is it? have it right about here. Um, so imagine you're driving down the street and um, you're yelling at a squirrel to get out of the road so it doesn't get squished by a car, right? The squirrel doesn't hear you. It doesn't understand what you're saying, but it's yelling at you going, like you're yelling at that squirrel going, get out of the way, <laughs> like freaking out. I'm, most of us have done that, right? Where you've yelled at something to get out the roads, so you don't run it over or it doesn't get run over by a different car. And it says me yelling at a squirrel to get out of the road so it's not squished by a car is probably the same feeling my spirit guide has watching me live my life. And I thought that was so perfect. And I so I had to share. But we are naturally gifted. It's everybody else's opinions. It's the way we're raised. It's our religions, our beliefs, what society teaches us. I grew up in the time of Freddy Krueger and um, the exorcist and all of this stuff. I grew up in a religious household. Don't get me started on Ouija boards. I absolutely love them because I don't believe in evil spirits. I think they're just another divination tool, but I've been the amount of people I've been rejected of over that thread has been quite interesting and alone. Yeah, it's super cool that you're talking about. I, I, as you're talking, I was remembering a few different instances with my children where it was the same sort of thing. One of the most powerful ones was my daughter. She was only um, a year and a half. 
and I had come across this meditation spiritual path that I wanted to dive down in myself. I was so terrified. Like I was feeling things change inside of me in very powerful ways, but I was terrified to follow that because I was terrified of what would happen to my family, to my, myself even. And it was so cool because, um, I actually, my fear got me fighting with the teacher, you know, and I could be a little bit of a firecracker. And as I was saying all these things back and back and forth between myself and the, this teacher, the teacher said, just, could you just come and see me just one more time? Just see me live. Let's stop this like email thing and just come and be in my presence again. So I was like, fine, I'll do it one last time. And I brought my daughter with me. She had never been around any of the people that were teaching me. And it was so cool to watch because I was still like, I'm in my protective mode. This is who I am. Don't, don't, you know, don't take me into any of these places of my own shadows or whatever. And when I approached the woman, my daughter is on my hip and she reaches out her arms to this woman that I have so many bad feelings about. <laughs> and she, so the teacher was like, well, what do you want? You know, is it okay? And so I said, sure. So my daughter goes into this woman's arms and as she takes her she lays her heart her head down right on that woman's heart and just you know like a cat being stroked that's super happy and purring that's what she did and then she turned herself to another teacher that I had never met before and they're all like oh is it okay I said sure so she goes into the the other woman's arms and the exact same thing she was the one who's like look you there is something that these people are doing on a deeper level, on the surface, they may be irritating, annoying, and doing things that whatever that aggravate you, but you're drawn to them because of something that is much, much deeper that you can't see. And it was so cool to watch with that because, you know, some of us, as we are mothers and we're nursing and looking into eyes, the eyes of infinity of our children, that there's a lot of that communication comes back that is so far from verbal, but it's just you know, on a heart level. And what I got was this little baby who's saying, look, I chose you as my mother and you better not disappoint me. You have certain things to do that's going to make my life so much easier. It may not be easy right away, but I need you to do those things. And it was, it was really, really awesome in that, in that way, you know, to embrace that. And now she's 15. She's kind of lost touch with that part of herself. It doesn't naturally come out of her. Um, but I see it there, you know, and as I see it there and can remind her that at some point she's going to wake up and remember all of those aspects of who she is and live that, um, much more gracefully. And, you know, to me, that's what, like our whole discussion is all about is, is that so many people are afraid of it because they didn't do it, but if they did do it, then all they would want to do is nurture it in other people you know, whatever it looks like, I don't care. Surprise me. It's going to be fun as you express yourself the way that you need to, you know, it'll be fun. I, one of the biggest things I want to mention and why we did this show, just to add on to that, because I think that it's so needed. We give ourselves so much rejection already. This world is, we're always internalizing things. We're always taking everything on ourselves. We're always finding that, you know, the rejection or the beliefs of other people, even the triggers, right? Like we, we do enough damage to ourselves, right? But we're so worried about everybody else's rejections. And let me tell you, if you awaken spiritually it doesn't you know even not spiritually no matter what your beliefs are all of the things that we've touched on in this episode does not have to be spirituality it's your own identity your self-expression your beliefs if you don't awaken to those because you're worried about the rejection of other people or if you're living with the pain of other people's rejection because you've already come out of those corners understand that they're not rejecting you. Their rejection has nothing to do with you. Their rejection is completely and utterly based on their feelings, their beliefs. And if they can't love, unconditionally love you and accept you for who you are, where you're at, then maybe they're not meant to stay on that journey with you. And you don't have to let them go with anger. You don't have to let them go with animosity. You can let them go with love and say, you know what? I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey for me, for my betterment. And if you can't be there with me, you don't have to walk with me. 
you don't have to talk with me. If you're not there just to be there to support me, then I need to walk this on my own and let them go. That doesn't mean that you're not, you know, you open yourself up to meeting new people. When I started awakening spiritually, I opened up to an entirely new tribe of people who were supportive and loving and just really on my side and just really understanding and helping me be, be a, an even better version of myself. You open yourself up to that when you, you not get rid of, but let go of what's no longer serving you. Yeah, and the cool thing about, about that is, again, um, I love what you're talking about, because a lot of times we think that if we stay connected and we're buddies and buddies with all of these people that really just need to do something else. The love, the the aspect that is connecting us, which is consciousness, connects all of us. You know, it's what is creating this bigger play that that is true, regardless of whether you're talking to somebody or not. One of my best friends in my life or uh, individuals in my life is my sister and she is night and I'm day or vice versa, however you want to see it. She goes down one avenue. I go down the opposite. Sometimes we don't talk to each other. Sometimes we come together and what we have to offer each other is amazing. It's just like life altering. But the two of us have come to a place where we can allow ourselves to do that. Like, I don't need to hold you so tightly. And um, it kind of makes me think of this quote that my my mother loved so much that my grandmother said, and that is, if you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it's yours forever. You know, you will never lose it because you watch it fly away and it comes back and all of those things. And for somebody who's has their knees knocking and they're afraid to spread their wings and fly, one of, another favorite quote of mine is, the best gift that you can give to the ones that you love is the example of your own life working. Because the more true you are to yourself and you can live vitally and happily inside of yourself, the more you're going to embrace that and support it in others. And that uplifts every single one of us on this planet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a few friends where we lose touch for months, years at a time. And it's like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Right. And, and nothing did happen. We just lost touch, right? Life happened. And when we get, you know, I can think about these people and my heart just lights on fire because I'm just like, I love them so much. I don't have to be around them all the time, right? I don't have to hold their hand. They don't have to hold my hand. It's, oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you doing? And just like light up your entire week by seeing this person. And again, I... It's so different when you have that conscious awareness, right? And just knowing that we're all part of something bigger. We're all, we're all unique individuals. We're all interconnected by energy, but at the same time, we're unique. Why, why worry about being rejected and ridiculed? That's their opinions. That's their beliefs. I know it sounds so hard and it can be, it can be absolutely frustrating and absolutely devastating to try to remove yourself from other people's opinions and not let it internalize. It is hard, but it doesn't have to be one step at a time, right? And understanding the fact that it's their beliefs, their emotions, and when you feel triggered and you feel upset, that's your emotions and beliefs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, I mean, so again, it always points back to the one person you have any control over, which is yourself. So what are you going to do with yourself? And as you like, you know, engage in this and start having some success, you're going to watch. It's so much easier to change yourself. So if you're locked up and you don't want to go somewhere and you know, that's the line that you've drawn and you step over that line, you're going to just watch. Maybe they won't be able to come with you, but you'll be able to experience yourself loving and allowing yourself to love. Because I think, again, that was one of the things that was the hardest for me as I made these choices is the fear that I had lost them. And what I discovered is, especially with my children, that nobody can take my love for them away. Nobody. And it's by me allowing myself to love them that I get to experience and, and express that. I don't need them to give me permission to love them. I get to do it regardless. They can hate me. They can do whatever. But I get to choose yeah. my relationship. Yep. And if you're somebody who needs anger to kickstart your day, uh, 
or excuse me, or your progress, ask yourself if your fear is of being rejected, ridiculed, or removed based on your spiritual beliefs, why are you letting that control you? You're letting others win. You are giving away your power and letting everybody else control your life, right? How many people stop bettering themselves because they fear other people? Absolutely. And again, if they just dove into bettering themselves to living more holistically, it just, it just domino effect to the people around you because everybody wants it. Who doesn't want to be loved and appreciated exactly the way they are with whatever thought that's moving through their head or, you know, whatever to be in a space where that's totally cool. Who doesn't want that? I'd love to meet that person. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we get going? No, I just had so much fun with you, uh, Melissa, and it was great talking about uh, rejection and possible ways to do something different with your life. Yeah, absolutely. If any of you watching this, uh, catching the replay, listening, however you're watching the episode or listening to the episode, if you want to connect with either myself or Shivani, please do so. Our links are in the description. Know that you're not alone. You're never alone. The spiritual community is one of understanding, acceptance, unconditional love. It's easy to say, don't be afraid. You're going to be anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so let yourself, feel the, let yourself feel the fear. Let yourself feel the fear. If you've been rejected, let yourself feel the pain. But ask yourself, what am I going to do about it? because you have the choice. You always have the choice. So I'm going to leave everybody with that. Thank you so much, Shimani, for joining me today. Thank you. It's like I said, been wonderful. It was a load of fun. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again. All right, just a family. This has been your episode. Like I said, if you'd like to can get in touch with myself or Shivani, please do so. Our links are in the description. Also, join our sponsor for their monthly preventative health escape. Go and check that out. Link in the description. Um, other than that, like, follow, and share the show. If you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show, or if you'd like to see a topic featured on the show, please absolutely reach out. We always encourage, encourage, encourage sharing and commenting. So get involved. This is called giving you something to talk about for a reason. We want to know what you want to talk about. And we want you to start having conversations of your own. So join us, jump in, whatever it is that you want to do, get in touch. We are here. And thank you again. Thank you, Melissa. All right. I'm Melissa. I'm your host. I will see all of you on the next episode. Thanks again, Shimani. Bye. Bye.